Well, if you're like me, when you walked in this morning, you looked around, maybe you thought you missed the rapture. <laughs> Where is everyone? <laughs> uh, truth be told, we know uh, a lot of people are suffering with sickness at home, and uh, a lot of folks are traveling this weekend. Because of that, a week or so ago, I decided to do something different today. Um, I didn't mean to lie to you. I told you we'd be back in Philippians. I, I changed my mind. I hope that's okay. We're going to wait one more week before we return to Philippians. Uh, I want to do more of a New Year's resolution sermon this morning. Uh, so we're going to be in Ephesians 5. Thank you, Paul, for reading. Thank you, Dave, for leading us musically. And thank you, Pastor Aaron, for going to Hawaii for all of us in a couple of days. So I'm excited for him and his family. I, again, be praying for those um, in this body who are sick and suffering, and, and pray for those who are traveling. And uh, as always, pray for gospel opportunities. Amen? This is one of my favorite passages. I've memorized these two verses with several men. Uh, Cody, you're one of them, brother. Um, I, I want to I steward my time well. Amen? Time is a gift, and it's a gift from who? From the Lord, right? All good things come from God, uh, time being one of them. Again, the title of my sermon this morning is Redeeming Our Time. That's straight from the text, uh, one of the verbs used. The big idea, those who have been redeemed by Christ are called to redeem their time for Christ and the good of others. Donald Whitney has written, and this is such a good quote, so listen carefully. If people threw away their money as thoughtlessly as they threw away their time, we would think them insane. If people threw away their money as thoughtlessly as they threw away their time, we would think them insane. Time is something we can't get back. Once it's gone, it's gone. If you lose your money or land, you can get them back with hard work and savings, but not time. Again, time, once it's gone, it's gone. So again, I wanted to do more of a New Year's resolution sermon this morning. As Christians, we have to play the long game. Now, what does that mean? So, Paul's famous triad found in most of his letters is faith, hope, and love, okay? It's because of his hope in what's to come, the return of Christ being with King Jesus forever, he's able, by God's grace, to live a life in the present marked by faith and love, okay? So, as Christians, we have to play the long game. We have to fix our eyes on our eternal hope. And I promise you this, I can recognize pretty quickly those believers that have fixed their hope on what's to come because they live differently in the present. Amen? What we believe about the future affects and informs how we live in the present. And what do we have between now and then? We have what? We got time, okay? And how we use that time will determine how we prepare for glory and how we help others to prepare for glory. Now, I think you'll agree with me. Every great man or woman of God throughout history has been known for stewarding their time well. Okay, Jonathan Edwards, one of my heroes. I call him J-Ed. Now, in glory will I call him that. Probably not, maybe Mr. Edwards. Anyways, he wrote at a young age, I resolve never 
to lose one moment of time. And if you've read Edwards, I mean, this guy, you know, some of us, we budget every dollar. He budgeted every minute. Okay, every minute, he was resolved not to waste a single moment of his life, a single second, because he wanted to spend his life for the glory of God. Edwards wrote, I resolve never to lose one moment of time, but to improve it the most profitable way I possibly can. Later in life, he wrote this, time is so short and the work which we have to do in it so great that we have none of it to spare. The work which we have to do to prepare for eternity must be done in time or it can never be done, end quote. Time, time is a gift from God and God's gifts are meant to be stewarded well. Amen? How are you stewarding every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day given to you by God? Is God being honored by how you spend your time? What needs to change? What needs to change? Let's apply this topic to the theme of running the race of the Christian life well, especially as we think about how to run well this next year. Okay, so again, there's something refreshing about a new year, right? We know as Christians, his mercies are new every morning. But I think about a new year. I've always been one to write down New Year's resolutions. Anybody with me? Okay, I, I think about what can I do differently this year? How can I better honor the Lord? And I, I write things down. I want to run the race well. Athletes preparing for a competition must steward their time well. Any serious athletes in here? I think of that song by the boss, right? Glory days. Maybe like, yeah, when I was in high school, I was just, not anymore. <laughs> so think back to when you were a high school athlete. Athletes preparing for a competition must steward their time well. They must devote large amounts of time, hours a day, to training and preparing otherwise they will run poorly, or worse yet, they will fail to finish. And the same goes for us as believers. In order to run the race well, we must put in the time. There's no greater race in the Christian life, amen? Who wants to run this race well? Then we've got to put in the time. We must train, and that always involves time. But as we remember the goal, the prize, we are reminded that this time is well spent. Amen? It's well spent. So what I want to do this morning, I want us to answer three big questions related to time. Okay, number one, why redeem our time? Number two, because we're really good at wasting time, aren't we? We're really good at that. I think most of us have doctorates in wasting time. We're well studied in that subject. And so why, why redeem our time? Why steward our time well? Number two, how do we do it? And maybe, maybe most of you would say, well, duh. I mean, obviously, we need to steward our time well. It's important. But maybe the question you're struggling with is, how do I do that? How do I do that? And number three, where does this apply? Namely, in what areas specifically do we need to plan to steward our time well? Number one, why redeem our time? Why do it? 
Three things here. Three things here. Number one, first, redeeming our time is our proper response to the gospel. Okay? Let me give some context here. Remember how Ephesians is structured. Six chapters. Okay? What's half of six? Three. The first three chapters deal with the gospel. What God has done to rescue sinners like us. In the second half of his letter, chapters 4, 5, and 6, Paul provides believers with their response to the gospel. So think of Ephesians as chapters 1, 2, and 3, this is what God has done to rescue us. Chapters 4, 5, and 6, this is how God's people are called to live in response to what God has done for us. So what God has done, chapters 1, 2, and 3, chapters 4, 5, and 6, what we're called to do, how we're called to live, in view of what God has done. Does that make sense? So you can think gospel, gospel response. That's Ephesians. I stole that from Vodi Bakum at a conference years ago. What we see in Ephesians 4 through 6 is that the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is to shape and inform how we live, how we work, how we do marriage, how we parent, and how we spend our time. And time is involved in all these things. Working involves what? Time. Marriage involves time. Parenting involves a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of time. The gospel, once applied to our sinful hearts by the Holy Spirit, enables us to see that we belong to God and that all we have is from Him. Amen? This is one of the beautiful things about the gospel. Our eyes are opened by God's grace to see that all that we have is from him. What do we call that? Stewardship. Stewardship. Therefore, we must steward his good gifts well. And one of the greatest gifts we receive from God is what? Time. And as believers, we want to honor God in how we use and spend our time. We don't steward our time. Now, i got to correct here what some of you may be thinking, and it's not good. We don't steward our time to earn God's favor. No, because of Christ, we already have God's favor. Amen? And in response to that, we now want to steward our time well. It's our response of gratitude, right? We've been saved by Jesus, what he's done alone, and because of that, we now want to live differently to honor our king, and that's seen in how we spend our time. I want to spend my life for Jesus. I want to spend my time for Jesus. When we trust in Jesus and are reconciled to God, brought into a right relationship with God, and we now acknowledge Jesus as our rightful Lord and Savior, we then begin to see every moment as an opportunity to honor and glorify the king. Before Christ changed our lives, who cares? It's my time, and I'm going to spend it the way I want, right? You get home from a long day of work, you, you prop your feet up, and you turn on the TV, you ignore your family, who cares? This is my time. No, 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 no. That's an illusion. It's God's time. And I want to use it for his glory, amen? Amen. Recall Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, Paul says, in word or deed, do everything in the name 
of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. We could insert the phrase, and whatever you do, and whenever you do it, right? And whatever you do, and whenever you do it, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, since everything we do requires what? Time. Let's look back to Ephesians 5, 8 to 10. For at one time, Paul says, you were darkness. Now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Paul is saying here, you've been saved. Church, you've been made alive. You are no longer spiritually dead and dwelling in darkness, but have been brought into the light. Therefore, live as those who have been saved and seek to please the Lord. And according to Paul, this applies to our time, how we spend our time. In some, the gospel moves us to see every moment of our lives as having worshipful potential. Write that down. The gospel enables us to see every moment of our lives as having worshipful potential. Again, the gospel transforms the way we see time. So, couple of questions here. Does how you spend your time and what you spend your time doing give evidence that you belong to God, that you've been saved through Jesus Christ, and that you are now seeking to please him in everything? You know, Ramsey, if, if, I, if I followed you for a week, right, I'm just, I'm going recon, bro. I'm watching you. Would it be evident? Would it be clear that how you spend your time, and you're a follower of Christ, and I wonder if the same is true of me. Right? If, if I watched you, if I came into your home like a ninja and just watched you carefully, that's kind of weird, I, I'm crossing a line here, but just follow me. If I, if I watched you, would it be evident that you're a faithful follower of King Jesus? Second, redeeming our time is at the heart of wise living. I mean, who wakes up and says, man, I really hope to be a fool today? What? Nobody, hopefully, right? How foolish can I be today? No. Redeeming our time is at the heart of wise living. Who desires to be wise? Wisdom honors the Lord. And what we're going to see shortly is that at the heart of wise living is stewarding our time well. All right, let's talk about some Greek here. Paul uses an important verb in verse 15 one that appears throughout the New Testament and pertains to how we live as followers of Jesus. So verses 15 and 16, here's our text. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Why? For the days are evil. The days are evil. The verb at the beginning of verse 15 translated as look carefully carefully. Who's ready for some Greek? Blepo. Blepo. It carries the idea of preparedness, intentionality, and watchfulness. Paul's saying, be on guard. Be watchful. What are we to be on the lookout for? What are we to be on guard against? What are we to be ready for? How we walk. 
Look carefully then how you walk. Now, Paul uses the present tense form of the verb blepo, which in the original Greek denotes what kind of action? Ongoing, continuous. Okay, so our watchfulness in regard to how we walk is to be ongoing. Paul is saying you got to be on guard constantly. (laughs) Now, the verb to walk has to do with how we conduct our lives, how we live. So we must be constantly intentional in how we live our lives. And how are we to live, friends? What does Paul say? Not as unwise, but as, as wise. As wise. And where does this translate in how we spend our time? Wisdom is seen in how we spend our time. Wisdom is seen in how we spend our time. One more time. Wisdom is seen in how we spend our, our time. I think if you say it three times, people don't forget it. Does how you spend your time and what you spend your time doing reveal wisdom or foolishness? Now, Paul uses the phrase, making the best use of the time. That's really one verb in the Greek. (laughs) Now, the verb here literally translates as to redeem the time. Who wants to redeem the time? Half of you. Maybe a third. To redeem the time means to do something with intensity and urgency, to take full advantage of every opportunity. Who wants to take advantage of every opportunity? Are you redeeming the time? If not, you are failing to live wisely. Wise living is evidenced by stewarding one's time well. So again, according to Paul, wisdom is being a good steward of the time God has given you. Third, we are called to redeem our time in light of the time. Why must we redeem our time? Verse 16, making the best use of the time. Why? Because the days are evil. Paul is simply saying, spend your time wisely because the days are evil. What does this mean? Even though we as Christians have experienced a transfer in citizenship. And even though we can say, for us, the old has gone, behold, the new has come, we still live in a fallen world where fallen values are celebrated and where demonic influence abounds. Therefore, we must be on guard and we must assess our time investments with what? The Word of God. Every day, there are numerous things vying for our attention, seeking to call us away from the path of wisdom in life. Things and activities that will yield absolutely no spiritual return. And this fits with the verb used at the beginning of verse 15. To look carefully. Paul is saying, be watchful, be on guard, be intentional with your time, because There are a lot of distractions out there. It's true. A lot of distractions out there. A lot of things out there that will pull your attention away from the things that really matter. I did some research. Listen to these studies. This is gross. One study found that internet users worldwide spend an average of two and a half hours on social media per week? No, per day. Per day, two and a half hours. 
on social media every day. That's the average. Another study found, and I couldn't believe this, another study found that Americans spend almost a full day a week, Americans spend almost a full day every week online or texting. One of seven days is spent online or texting. Is this a wise use of our time? Now again, if you're texting brothers and sisters and checking up on them, is that a wise use of your time? Yes. But if you're just perusing internet sites and looking at social media for countless hours, is that a wise use of your time? Comparing your life to theirs? (laughs) In comparison, how much time do we spend daily and weekly reading the Bible, praying, gathering with believers, and sharing the gospel? For most, if not all of us, this presents a major challenge, which brings us to our next question, number two. How do we redeem our time? How do we do it? Would you be honest and say, yeah, I struggle with spending my time well. I don't always steward my time well. I want to do better. Three of you, okay. (laughs) Did the rapture happen? I'm just kidding. How do we redeem our time? How do we do it? Paul tells us in the next few verses. This is so helpful. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, who inspired Paul. And listen, this is, this is good. Verses 17 to 19. Again, what's the question? How do we steward our time well? Should we do it? Yes. How do we do it? Number two. Paul tells us, verses 17 to 19. Therefore, these are the next few verses, by the way. This is context. Therefore, don't be foolish. What is foolishness according to Paul? Not stewarding your time, right? That's unwise living. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Who wants to understand God's will? That's wise. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Three things here. Three things here. First and second. Again, what's the question? How do we do it? How do we steward our time well? First and second. We have the Word and we have the Holy Spirit. How do we steward our time well? The Word and the Holy Spirit. And we mustn't separate these two, by the way. For the Bible never does. The Spirit works through the what? The Word. The Spirit works works through the Word. I often say there is no walking by the Spirit if you're not in the Word. You're going to be like, it's not happening. Like, what's going on? You can't walk by the Spirit if you're not in the the Word. The Spirit works through the Word, opening the eyes of God's people to the truth of God and driving that truth deep into our hearts. And not only that, but the Spirit that opens our eyes to behold God's truth in His Word, empowers us to do God's Word. So, Spirit opens our eyes to understand God's will in His Word, and the Spirit empowers us to do God's Word. Amen? In verse 17, Paul tells us again to not be foolish. Again, who wakes up thinking, today's the day. 
I'm going to outdo my foolishness from yesterday. No. We want to be wise as believers. Amen? In verse 17, Paul tells us again to not be foolish, but to understand the Lord's will. Okay, so there's a correlation here. Don't be foolish, but be wise by what? Redeeming your time. Don't be foolish. Again, what does it look like? Know God's will. Oh, so the correlation is between what? Spending your time wisely and knowing God's will. What is the key to spending our time wisely? Knowing God's will, okay? So clear. Where does the Lord reveal his will for his people? The word. The word of God. We redeem our time. You ready? We redeem our time by assessing all of our potential time investments with the word of God. We redeem our time by assessing all of our potential time investments with the what? The word of God. Again, King Jesus rules over his people by his what? His word. The word must inform and influence how we spend our Second, Paul calls believers not to be controlled by strong drink. Don't get drunk with wine, for that leads to debauchery. Don't be controlled by wine, but be filled or be controlled by the the Holy Spirit. Now, what does this mean? By the Spirit, we have new power to use our time well, to say no to time wasters, and to instead spend our time for the glory of God. Amen? We've got the power. We've got the power. (laughs) By the Spirit, to steward our time well for the glory of God. Paul is fond of using the phrase, walk by the Spirit. For example, in Galatians 5.16, Paul writes, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This could read, but I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not waste your time. (laughs) Because wasting your time is gratifying the flesh. Oh, I want to do what I want to do. It's been such a busy week. Man, don't do that. Don't give in. Assess your time investments with the Word of God. God's will for His people revealed in the Word. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to understand God's Word and gives us the power to do God's Word. Amen? How do we do it? By the Spirit and through the the Word. Is that helpful? Is it clear? What does this mean and how do we do it? Again, the Holy Spirit works through the Word. We walk by the Spirit by being Word-centered. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to understand the Word. The Holy Spirit applies the Word to our hearts. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to do the word of God. In sum, the Holy Spirit shows us God's truth and God's word, applies God's truth to our hearts, and empowers us to obey it. Third, so what were the first two things? How do we steward our time well? By the Holy Spirit and the word. And and this is all from the text, by the way. This is all from verses 17 and 19. Thirdly, how do we do it? We have the people of God. Look around. I know we're not all here, but we have the church. And this is seen in verse 19. 
The Holy Spirit fills God's people so that we can speak God's truth to one another. Oh, that is one of the best uses of your time. To take time for fellow believers to speak the word to them and have them speak the word back to you. Amen? We need God's people to remind us of the gift of time and where the Bible calls us to invest our time. We need God's people to hold us accountable in how we spend our time and to stir us up to love and good works, which are worthy time investments. Amen? Think team mentality. On any team, each member is concerned with the other members. They must all be training at the same time. They must be committed to investing equal amounts of time in order for them to perform well. If half the team is not preparing, the whole team is going to suffer. Is true? If one or two members fail to invest in preparation, again, the whole team will suffer. Church, we must invest our time well in spiritual things. Number three. It's a short sermon today. Number three. Last point. Who's ready? Okay, good. See that hand, bro. In what areas are we called to redeem our time? We just talked about how we do it. In what areas of our life do we do it? Where does this apply? Okay, so again, context, friends. Man, Ephesians is so good. Ephesians 4 to 6. Paul highlights the primary areas where God's people spend their time. Number one, the relationship with the Lord and the church. Number two, the family, right? This is all chapters four to six, okay? The family, parenting and marriage. And number three, their work. Paul covers everything here, okay? These are the areas where we typically spend most of our time in our relationship with the Lord, right? Time with God's people, our families, and our work. So let's look at a few of these quickly. Are you investing time in your relationship with the Lord? Are you spending time daily reading the Bible and praying? And I've often said none of us are going to stand before God on that final day and say, you know what, Lord, I wish I would have read and prayed less. Now, what are we going to say? I wish I would have read and prayed more. Amen? There's no greater investment of time than getting with God in his word and on your knees in prayer. Do it. And I'm going to use the illustration here shortly. That time investment will make all the other investments better. Amen? Your time in the word and your time on your knees is going to make your time with your family better. It's going to make your time at work better. If you're not investing in the first Everything else is going to suffer, I promise you. Number two, are you investing time in the church? Are you taking time every week to connect with other believers to study the Bible and pray together? To hold others accountable and to stir up fellow believers to love and good works? How are you serving the church and doing ministry with the church? Worthy time investment? Yes? Next, are you investing time in your marriage? Are you reading God's word and praying with your spouse? 
Are you talking together about the things of God and how to better disciple your children, enjoying one another intimately? Husband's like, amen. Having fun together, man, just, just, having, just doing life together, amen? Are you investing in your marriage or is it just something that you'll get to if you have time or are you making time for it? This relationship, more than any other apart from your relationship with the Lord, is to be primary, amen? Because the marriage relationship is intended to showcase the gospel. How are you investing in your marriage? Worthy time investment? Amen. Are you investing time in your children? I see a lot of dads out here, a lot of moms. Are you reading God's word and praying with your children daily? Are you teaching them doctrine, who God is, what sin is, how sinners are saved? Are you playing with your kids? I mean, just play with your kids. Are you listening to them? Are you listening to your children? And are you imparting to them sound wisdom from God's word? Good time investment? Yeah. Let me leave you with three action steps this week, okay? And if you don't do these things, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Or am I? I never know. Here's the first thing. Schedule out. If you're British, schedule. We're not, so we'll say schedule. Schedule out how you're going to spend your time each week and each day until these God-honoring time investments become second nature. Okay, so it might be a pain, but I think it's worth it. Time is something you'll never get back. We should want to spend it well for the glory of King Jesus and the good of others. So take time to schedule out your weeks, how you're going to spend your time. Mark off, okay, during this time, every day I'm going to be in the Word and in prayer. During this time, I'm going to spend time with my wife and read God's Word with her. And during this time, I'm going to meet with a brother or sister each week for discipleship. Schedule out how you're going to spend your time until it becomes second nature. Write it out. Again, if time is important, and it is, write out how you plan to spend it in a God-honoring manner. Number two, and, and this one's going to be difficult for some of you, all of you, all of us, commit to getting rid of time wasters. Who is self-effacing enough to admit, yes, I have some time wasters I need to get rid of? No, man, don't look at me. No, come on, I'm looking at you, all of you, myself. We all have time wasters. Commit to getting rid of time wasters. Too much time watching television or engaging in social media. Here's the last thing. I typically read about 30 books a year, maybe more. I want you to commit to reading six good Christian books this year. And if you do, all of you, I'll take all of you to Disneyland next year. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, you know, I, I started this, I was like, how about 12? No, that's too many. Six. Who can commit to reading six good Christian books this year? Where do we find them? I'm looking at it. This little place called the Book Nook. Let me, uh, let me leave us with a couple of illustrations, and then I'll pray. Again, if an athlete 
is not investing time in their training, then they cannot be considered a serious athlete, right? Oh, I'm busy. No, I'll, I just, I got the natural talent. No, you, listen, if you're not training, if you're not taking care of yourself as an athlete, it's going to show, and what does it reveal? They're not a serious athlete. If we're not investing our time in things that have eternal significance, kingdom significance, then we are conveying that we are not serious about the Christian life. I promise you. Are you serious? Are you serious? How are you spending your time? All right, here's the story I alluded to earlier. When I was a pastor in Washington, I had three men approach me at the same time. And they were all three dealing with the same sin. The same besetting sin. Struggling, giving in pretty regularly. And they wanted out. They wanted help. They wanted to fight this sin. They came to me. I said, let's go, man. Let's, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to study this book of the Bible. We're going to meet every week for an hour. It's important. Two of the guys quickly said, man, every week? Oh, I'm busy. I've got a wife and kids and a job. And I said, so do I. What's more important? And this is what I told these three men. Until you really start fighting this sin and prioritizing your walk with the Lord, you're never going to be the husband or dad or church member you can be, that God wants you to be. And if you're not willing to invest the time, what are you saying? What's, com- what's being communicated there? It's not important, right? We invest time in what's important. It's true. And after that conversation, guess how many men committed to meeting with me out of those three? One. And to this day, oh, Brian, man, my boy, he is fighting sin, he is walking with the Lord, he is leading his family well, and by God's grace, one of the other two did eventually come along. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Listen to this quote from Tim Chalice, he writes, you fail to redeem your time when you fail to prioritize your spiritual growth and health. You fail to redeem your time when you fail to prioritize your spiritual growth and health. And two of those brothers did not prioritize their spiritual growth and health. Chalice goes on to write, before you do anything else, take a step out from the whirlwind of busyness and reassess your priorities in light of eternity. And I would add, in light of God's word as well. So confess your sin today. Amen? Confess those time wasters. Get serious about your walk with the Lord. Get serious about leading your family well. Get serious about being in the Word daily. Repent. Don't just confess, but repent. And what does it mean to repent? It means to turn away from. It means to give sin the holy Heisman. Right? It's, it, I love that. Just, no. I'm going this way. And get serious about redeeming your time for the glory of God and the good of others. So I would just say a few things here as far as practice steps. Make a plan today. Don't wait. If you wait, you're not going to do it. Make a plan today. It doesn't have to be exhaustive. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking for, like, a 30-page thesis. Make a plan. You know, 
these days I'm going to read and pray for this amount of time, this book of the Bible, and maybe once a week I'm going to start meeting with a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, and at night I'm going to start reading the Bible with my kids for five minutes, and at night I'm going to check in with my wife and ask her how she's doing spiritually. Talk to a fellow believer. If you're struggling here, and you can acknowledge that the Spirit convicted you this morning, and you can acknowledge, yes, there are many time wishers in my life right now. I've not been doing well here. I want to do better by God's grace. Talk to a fellow believer. Ask for help. We need the church, amen? We need brothers and sisters to hold us accountable. Grab a believer today before you leave. It'd be like me say, Max, I need your help, bro. Like, listen, I'm not investing my time well. Will you just one day a week call me? And just check in. And will you commit to praying for me? Do you see how easy that was? Do that today with somebody. No, I'm serious, bro. He will. I know he will. That's right, man. Amen to that. So again, if you're struggling here today in these areas, find a fellow believer. Humble yourself and ask them to hold you accountable and to help you fight sin and walk with the Lord. Get serious. Get serious. I want to end with the gospel. Because without the gospel, none of this will happen. It's true? The worst mistake you can make is to think, okay, Chris, so what you're saying is, if I spend my time wisely, then I'll earn God's favor. If I do A, B, and C, then I can be in God's good graces. No! Let me say it in Spanish. No! Christ, in Christ alone, gives us favor with God. He did everything. He lived the life we could not live. Check. He died the death we deserve. Check. And he rose again and then ascended to the right hand of the Father, blazing a trail back to glory for his people. Christ did it all. What do we do? We trust in him. And we turn from our sin. And the Spirit, by God's grace, regenerates dead sinners like us so that we can embrace the gospel, trust in Jesus, turn from our sin. And now, by God's grace, we see our need. I need God's people. I need God's resources to live a God-honoring life. I don't need anything that I can do because Christ did it all. I'm saved by his work and his work alone. But now that I'm saved, if you've trusted in Jesus, right, I want to start using my time for his glory Get in the Word, get on your knees, and get with God's people. Amen? Hey, today, if you don't know the gospel, maybe you heard it for the first time, the good news that sinners like us can be saved and brought back into a right relationship with God, saved from hell, saved from God's eternal wrath. If you've not done that today, I plead with you, trust in Jesus. Confess your sin. Believe in your heart that God sent His Son His son lived, his son died, and he rose again. Trust in him and him alone for a right relationship with God. Do that today. And if you're already a believer, get serious today about how you're spending your time. Commit this year to stewarding your time well for the glory of God because he's worth it. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I'm reminded of our Our psalm today, Psalm 119, verse 37. And I pray this for all of us, that you would turn our eyes from looking at worthless things. 
fix our eyes on King Jesus. Father, I pray that by the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God, that you would convict all of us today. Help us to see where we're not using our time wisely. Lord, give us the resolve, give us the boldness and the passion to take right, good, biblical steps to commit this week and this year to using our time for your glory and the good of others. Help us to seek out accountability. Help us to confess to fellow believers, to confess to our spouses today. Father, even to confess to our children today. And most importantly, to confess to you today, Lord. Give us the grace and the strength and the wisdom to use our time well as we prepare for glory and as we help others prepare for glory. And Father, if there's anyone here this morning who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, save them. Call them out of darkness into light for their eternal good and your glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.